Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Kashif Booth Podcast. If you're new here, each week I sit down with a guest and we discuss their career so far, the highs, the lows, and what's next for them. In the season two finale, yes guys, we're finally at the season finale, I have A.R. Ugas from Birmingham, who is a writer-director from Birmingham. Yeah, I just said that, but I just love how dope he is from being from Birmingham and making such a splash in the industry. So welcome to the show. Yeah, man, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you having me, man. Uh, I finally got invited to your podcast, man. This is my first one, so I'm excited. <laughs> you know what it is, yeah? I had a plan. I was going to come down to Birmingham and interview you and Duane, actually. But then it was like, you know what? Zoom is just easy. So, guys, yes, we are recording via Zoom. So if the audio quality is not great, don't come for me in the comments. It's all good. <laughs> so, yeah. So, welcome to the show. So, it's great to have you on because I'm. I was thinking before um, we was gonna do this. I was like, I know we've known each other for years, but I can't remember when we actually connected because we actually connected through socials like Twitter. Yeah, through Twitter. Um, yeah, Twitter is it's, it's a mad place because you oh. never really know how how you meet people. Yes, and you you don't know how like because the thing is, I follow like I'm sure I follow over a thousand people, mm-hmm. but then. I think the more you click on a person's name or the more you interact with them, the more you see them. So I think you, you and like some other like London filmmakers are like the main people I like constantly see um, on my feed. I don't know when that happened though. I don't know how. <laughs> I can't remember what work you may have seen of mine or if I saw viewers. Like I literally don't remember. All I know is, is you and Dwayne are dope filmmakers from Birmingham and you guys have just made an amazing name for yourself. And I love your work. So yeah, so kind of like... Tell us how you started, like, because you've been in this game for a while now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, obviously, just growing up, um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. You know, typical lost, lost African child and stuff, man. Uh, obviously, I was thinking of doing law. I was thinking of doing, like, engineering or something like that. <clears throat> I had no real passion for any of these things, though. So, obviously, I, I, there was a, a period in my life where I was just kind of, like, not knowing uh, what to do. And, obviously, I've seen... As I was going like through the university websites, I saw some film schools and I just saw pictures of them on set. And I was like, yeah, this looks really cool. And I was always interested in like storytelling and filmmaking and stuff like that. So I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. Obviously, I didn't realize that film schools were like a million pounds a year. (laughs) I didn't didn't know any of that. I didn't know there was this whole issue of like not being able to just get into it. so what I did was I went to like a local university where they had like a film course. I kind of quit that after two years. I kind of quit that after two years because they weren't really giving us equipment. Uh, the lessons that they were giving us were like through YouTube. And I was like, why am I spending like 9K on this when I could just be doing it myself? Mm-hmm. So I left that. Um I had no real connections. I didn't know anyone with a camera. I didn't even have money for a camera. So the thing I did have was a laptop. So I started writing. I started writing screenplays. Um, and I did that for like a year or two. One of the screenplays got into this uh, competition. It's called like the Script Shadow Competition. It didn't even go past round two. However, like a producer saw it. This producer optioned the script. And he sent it to like loads of people, like, and then the people that got attached were some crazy names. Like we had like the casting director that worked with like Christopher Nolan, oh, wow. uh, signed up to be the casting director for this uh, feature film. 
we had like the uh, producer of, you know, the girl with all the gifts, mm-hmm. which is like a UK film. He signed up as a producer. And this script actually managed to go all the way to Hollywood. It went to uh, like some big names there. Like the biggest name that read the script uh, was Keanu Reeves. Wow. wow. Who, yeah, he, he read it. Unfortunately, he said no. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's how it kind of started. So with that script, it made it made a splash. Um, however, because it was basically about the president's daughter. And this was basically when Trump was president. Okay. So, yeah, so nobody wanted to touch that uh, <laughs> script. Nobody wanted to get involved. They were like, we're not on smoke. People are going to think we're beefing Trump. <laughs> It's not worth it. <laughs> okay. They said, they said it's not worth it. So obviously that's, that was like a year and a half of me just kind of waiting because that script would have literally, you know, it would have changed my life, basically. Uh-huh. It, would have, it would have made me from like a zero to a hero, like within, you know, as soon as, as, soon as it was greenlit. Then again, I was a bit lost because I was like, yeah, I've just spent like a year and a half on that. And I just felt like I wasted my time. I felt like, I just, you know, I didn't really do anything, if that makes sense. My name didn't really get out there, and it, you know, because it all failed. You know, the casting director left, I think the producer left. All everyone kind of jumped off, and they gave me the script back, and they were like, "Yeah, well, it was good, but you know, it didn't work out." This is the same period where I uh, came across uh, two filmmakers. One of them is Dwayne, Dwayne Karma Roberts, and another filmmaker from London, uh, R.M. Moses. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of stopped because before I used to follow just filmmakers from America, producers from America. Like I used to just skip past the UK. Like I didn't even know what was going on here. Uh, but then I just decided, you know what? Let me just build here. Let me build a base here. So I followed uh, R.M. Moses. I followed Dwayne. I think that's probably when I also started following you, I think, because I wanted to like connect with uh, like local creatives or whatnot. And R.M. Moses, he was just like making films like short films, like five minute films. But then I saw people like replying to his tweets. I, I saw that he was, you know, he was creating a name for himself. He was building engagement. Um, so I liked that. I was like, yeah, there, there's something in there, but I still wasn't convinced, you know, because my mindset was like, yo, it needs to be, you know, at least a $5 million production. It needs to be okay. this. It needs to be, okay. that's why. I, Cause obviously I just, my, my script just went to Keanu Reeves. So I was like, I can't be just running around with cameras and just, you know, doing whatever. And that's when I went to uh, Dwayne's first uh, like feature premiere. Yeah, I, I knew him already before that, but I didn't like you know uh, connect with him. So I went to his first feature film, and it was it was a packed out cinema. It was packed out. There were so many people, and everyone was just there, and there was like a, a feeling of excite, excitement. And this guy, yeah, the way we actually connected is because we used to work at the same day job. You know, we used, to, <laughs> we used to work at the same jobs. I, I knew him from there as well. So I was like, yo, this guy is make, he's doing bits. Like he's, he's actually making a film and he's got a whole audience to show up. And he was building a name for himself. So I was like, yeah, I need to start doing that myself. And that's when I started making, you know, short films, start kind of thinking within budget, stuff that I can make. Uh, and then I made a short film, which, um, which was horrible. I'm not gonna lie. It was. Oh. <laughs> it was absolute trash. It was absolute trash, man. I delete. I deleted that film so quick. But, <laughs> but what I did was, I said I need to spend some money on it. So I got a great cinematographer, and 
I I I I put a lot of money into it. That we hired locations, we hired a sound guy. We because for me it was like I used to watch these films and be like, yo, these films are shit. <laughs> Why are they so bad? And it was like the sound, the sound is bad. The 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 camera work was so bad. The locations looked so plain. I was like, this is the stuff I just need to avoid. <laughs> you know, so yeah, yeah, I yeah. got nice look. I got nice locations, got good sound, got good cinematographer on board. Actors that no one really replied to me. So whichever actor applied for the role, I just gave them the role. <laughs> and then, because it was the first time I directed, I didn't actually know what directing meant. Like, mm. I didn't understand that actors were like human beings that maybe we wouldn't get what the script was about or what what they were supposed to do because for me it was like well it's in the script just read the script and just do what it says <laughs> you know what i mean yeah 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 so i couldn't direct them because i was like i was giving them simple directions like be angry be like be more sad be more happy and you know and, th- and these are beginning actors as well so you've got a beginning actor and a beginning director so that didn't go down too well however because it was a fan film so it was like a lord of the rings fan film set in in modern day uh, and i used to spam every single lords of the rings fan page spam it spam it oh look at this film look at this film and it got like uh, like over like 200k views wow. uh, from that the comments were all roasting the film <laughs> don't get me wrong but i i disabled the comments you know what i mean i i took them off so that no one could comment but people could see <laughs> people could see the views and stuff like that so obviously from there I went on to the Birmingham Mail, uh, BBC Radio and stuff, and obviously that's how I kind of started my my journey into the filmmaking, uh, filmmaking side of things, man. Yeah, that's a great journey. It's so this yeah. is one thing I love about uh, doing this podcast. Like when you're a fan of people's work or you see people grinding and hustling, but you just don't know like how they got to A to B. So it's really good to hear. Really, really good to hear. Because I knew briefly, I've seen you mention on Twitter, Twitter about briefly about how your film did go all the way to Keanu Reeves. So to hear that journey, I mean, mm. when you did have that, did not did no one really kind of like recommend you to agents or, you know, to try and get a writer's agent to kind of take a career to the next level? Because that's big. You you literally could have had your feature film made, you know, off the on your debut script yeah 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 the the producer basically I, I i asked the producer for advice and he was like don't approach agency yet. approach them once the script's actually greenlit okay because now it's like oh you know you're, you're just the guy that failed basically if you don't if you don't if you if you if you because agents they don't really care about oh it went to keanu reeves so what keanu reeves might get like five scripts a day you know what i mean mm-hmm. for them for me as a filmmaker from birmingham that's a big thing and for people in the uk that might be a big thing but in the actual industry, they're like, you're not impressed. Like, it's not impressive for you to get a no. Everyone gets no's yeah, from yeah. bigger people every single day. You know what I mean? So for my personal journey, it was big. But in the grand scheme of things, it might not have been that big. Uh, also, of course, imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. where I was like, no, nah, I'm, not, I'm not ready yet. It's, it's you know, it's not, it's not I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. You know what I mean? Um but yeah, maybe I should have, maybe, I don't know. But no, I was thinking about it last year, I was like, should I just hit them up and say, hey, two years ago, Keanu Reeves said no to one of my scripts. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's crazy, man. It's also sad to hear that, you know, that 
after he said no, they it just kind of all fell apart. You know, it would have been nice if, okay, we've got, like you said, it's the industry. They always say no. It would have been nice if they actually pushed the script even more. There's plenty of other actors, you know, who could have read it and liked it. There's so many actors you read articles where they turn down this role. Like, you know, Will Smith turned down Django. Now, to me, yeah. I feel like that was a good decision because Jamie Foxx killed killed it in Django so that happens all the time so I think it would have just been nice if you literally had at least like more of a push to really kind of get it made and stuff like that but it's fine because you know I'm always seeing that you know your scripts anyway are getting into these Oscar qualifying film festivals anyway and like they're in certain rooms so tell us more about that like what does that feel like because you're getting closer and closer so there's a lot of not even potential in your writing there's a lot of you know, there's there's a lot of buzz around you and there's it's just like one ticket away from getting to where you want to be. Yeah, like, I think... So basically what happened after I wrote that script, mm-hmm. um, I, I stopped writing, like, fully. Like, when I stopped writing feature films, I started writing, like, short films, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, the ones that went on MYM um, okay. and, and those kind of things. Uh, I'll, I'll talk know, about... Yeah. Well, if you don't know MYM, guys, that's million... Million Youth Media, Media. aka um, Fully Focused, where they've got a huge YouTube channel and platform, and on Netflix and BBC, where they broadcast shows, films, and particularly short films. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, MYM, they're they're doing big things as well. They're like on the BBC Three now, making making some stuff, man. I think they're they're like the main platform, I would say, for like urban urban filmmakers um, in in the UK. And um, yeah, that was basically my second short film. I said it needs to go on MYM. It needs to. It needs to. So I kind of watched the films that they, like the people engaged with. I said, you know what? I'm just gonna copy that. I'm just gonna. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm gonna have people in masks robbing people and all that kind of stuff. All these kids. All these kids are gonna think it's cool. They're gonna think it's cool. And uh, I, I, I sent it to them. I sent it to them, and they were like, "Oh yeah, nah." we showed it to the panel and they didn't like it. They, they said no. So <laughs> me, like sometimes, uh, you know, I got passionate. I got a bit, you know, maybe a bit too passionate. I sent them like a Kevin Hart meme, like saying like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I had to like, Apologize the next day. I DM'd them on Twitter. I was like, "Yo, my bad for for that. That was not professional for me." Yeah. And they were like, "Nah, don't worry. We 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 all found it funny. Like we all thought it was very, like very funny, and because it showed a bit of a bit of a personality. Because for me, I was like, I watched some films. I was gonna be so petty. I was gonna mention the films that I thought were worse than my films, and I was gonna say, "You let these." Actually, I think I did. I think I did mention like. Because they mentioned certain stuff like, you know, the sound wasn't that good or, you know, this and that. Mm. So I was like, well, what about this film? This film didn't have good sound and that film didn't have this. And that film, was the acting was atrocious. So you can't. And then they were like, yeah, but look, these are like student filmmakers. They're young. Because they're, they're, it, it, it's a platform meant for like young, like young people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, I, I contacted them. I said, you know what? My bad. I Like my... My my aim shouldn't be, or it should be better than these films. I think are bad. You know, it should be, it should stand on its own feet. It should be good enough. You know what I mean? So, um, I went back and I did uh, like another film called Marta. That film did go on MYM. 
um, and they seem to have like uh, a lot of people liked it, a lot of people messaged me. Um, which uh, the funny thing as well, like there was another project I was supposed to be involved with, and I had to like submit a film to kind of uh, get the get the part. I did get the part, but I didn't get to do it at the end because of because of reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the people involved was like a talent scout for like a film school, and he said this film, even though like it has no budget or whatnot, is better than most films that I'm seeing at this film school that have all this backing, <laughs> which I thought, yeah, that gassed me up. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that short film. Then I did another short film called uh, Gangs of Birmingham. Yes. yes. Which, which I'm not going to lie. I think it's trash. <laughs> I, I hate that film. I hate, I, I hate that film. It's just online at the moment because you know it seems to like it's got like 180k views. Wow! Uh, so I'm just leaving it on there for now. I- I'm thinking about deleting it by the end of the year because I'm just I'm not happy with it uh, because of reasons. Again, I went into it with no real pre-production and no real like planning, mm-hmm. and I just went into it. I was just running around with a black magic camera. I love that camera, by the way. Just running around the city, shooting everywhere. Um, so I made those two short films and yeah, they, they had a buzz, you know, people start reaching out uh, about collaborations and stuff like that. But then I just got tired of making these short films. I just got tired of, you know, the lack of funding, the lack of, uh, you know, backing. So I kind of started, I wanted to write my scripts again, but then, you know, with the imposter syndrome, I was like, are these scripts even good enough? So I took some of these old scripts and just started like submitting them to like a couple of these festivals. Mm-hmm. And they all got in, like they all got, like they got into like the big ones. Mm-hmm. They, they got into the big ones, uh, and even the ones they didn't get into, like Slam Dance. Slam Dance would follow it up with another email saying, like, oh, it was, like it was part of the ten percent of all the scripts that we've sub- that we've received. So they were like, yo, don't give up because it was part of the ten, the top ten percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just didn't make the final cut, you know. But keep writing. So mm-hmm. that was this year, and I was like, okay. I can see that my, like my writing's got like a lot of potential and I need to like, I need to work on that. I need to hone my craft. I need to go for more opportunities because before I would never really apply for things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't apply for things. This year I applied for several things. Like I got shortlisted by Sky twice. Um, and then. There was like a Netflix thing as well, which I got through to the second round. But fortunately, I didn't make like the final, the mm-hmm. final interview stage. So this year has been really, um, really good and bad. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to look at it because it's good because you know, I'm getting in all of these rooms. I'm getting interviewed all of a sudden, mm-hmm. and I'm getting shortlisted. But I'm not getting it. <laughs> you know, I'm not getting the final, mm-hmm. final thing. You know what I mean? The thing I applied for, I don't get it, but I get shortlisted. Or I'm in the top twenty, or I'm in the top ten, or I'm in the you know what I mean? So it's it's inspiring, but at the same time, it it can kind of feel like maybe I need to do something else because mm-hmm. am I going to do this next year as well and get shortlisted and not get picked? And then the year after that, I'm going to get shortlisted and not get picked. So I don't know what to take from that. Is the lesson that you need to keep going for these applications or is it you need to do your own thing? Like how a lot of filmmakers just like make their own feature film. Yeah, and they uh, yeah, and they skip past the whole mm-hmm. the applications and the and this and that, and they just get to that position they want to by their own work and not by mm-hmm. having people vouch for them. So I'm kind of conflicted on like what the next what on what the next step should be. 
yeah. but yeah it's been crazy so far man I mean, it's amazing that you're getting into those rooms. Um, but at the same time, it's it's nice being told, oh, you're in the room. But it's like, again, I'm at a crossroads. Like, where do I go from here? I'm in the same boat as well. I just feel like there's no real, like, manual to actually get success. Everyone's journey is so different. So it's yeah. like you can watch somebody else who's you know making feature films or all amazing films and then boom they've got an agent and then now they're directing for tv and film or you might see people who haven't done that and they've just been able to just submit their script to one competition get selected and then it's through so (laughs) there's no real like good or bad way to do it and it's just so difficult but that's the thing with this industry you have to have tough skin and that's easier said than yeah. done because self-doubt is real like you said imposter syndrome is real i think just seeing your success and i've seen like obviously gangs of birmingham and martyr as well so the talent's there and that's that's what's getting you in the rooms but you just gotta keep pushing i know that's easier said than done i mean i i've said this already on the podcast i'm on my hiatus as well and when i said that on twitter just rent venting People are like, no, you can't leave film. But I'm like, yeah, but guys, it's like, <laughs> I've done enough. Like, where am I going? Like, I need to take a step back and figure out what I want to do. Like, you know? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's because you've put in that work. You know, I've said again on my podcast, oh, people keep telling me you're, my names are in certain rooms or I see every other filmmaker who are my peers at loads of events. And they're like, oh, we're waiting for you to blow up. Oh, we need you here too. I'm like that's fine but like it's it's nice it maybe boosts my ego for five minutes but again I'm still gonna go home and still trying to figure out what I need to do next so it is it's just so difficult so but it's so difficult and it I think it's like I went to this other event uh, the other week in London with uh the one of the directors of Top Boy William Stephen Smith I think he's called and he he said something like I thought it was quite profound. Like, he said like you just have to keep going until people in front of you move out the way. <laughs> okay. He yeah. said he said everyone's trying to do this thing, but they fail and then some people quit and then others keep going and then the, the others fail and then you keep going and then the more people fail and quit, but you keep going, mm-hmm. like the the closer you'll get to your your final spot. But at the same time, it's very nice because me personally, I'm a very cynical person. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, I don't believe in. I do kind of believe in this the whole positive speech of you know believing yourself and this and that. But then there's a lot of people that do believe in themselves and they work 10, 20, 25, 30, 40, 50 years mm-hmm. and they don't get to where they want to get to. Yeah. And people, as you said, some people get it within two years. So it's it's about for me, it's a lot of it. It's about research, investigating, <laughs> investigating yeah. what they did. What yeah. they didn't do. Uh-huh. Me, I, I don't listen to Christopher Nolan, no. Quentin Tarantino, any of these guys, because they grew up in a different era. They grew up with different people, different uh-huh. situations. You can get a general advice from them, but none of their, you know, none of their situation applies to any of us. Uh-huh. Why do I, I, I listen to like even your podcast? I listen to, you know, um, like for example, Kobe Adome, the director of Top Boy and then Lost and Crosses. I listen to his stuff because he's like a few steps ahead of me. Actually, a lot of steps ahead of me, but we, we came up in that same, you know, uh, you know, the same era, basically. Mm-hmm. So I think, how did he do it? So for a lot of filmmakers, I see it's film school is so important. I just clocked like, yeah. like 
I started counting the people that are on TV, directing, producing, writing, then checking where they came from. NFTS mm-hmm. and the London Film School. Yeah. I think the whole industry could basically be split up in those two schools. Yeah. And then there's and then there's a smaller percentage, or there's actually another big percentage of the people that came through their connections. They're usually upper middle class people yeah. that you know they know someone that works in the industry. Mm-hmm. And then the smallest percentage would be probably be people like us with no with no support, with no real connections, um, just trying to hustle our way in, in into the industry. Yeah. Um, but, bro, you need to keep going. I know you said that people tell you this. <laughs> I know people. I know people told told you this, and you're like, yeah, whatever, man. But mm-hmm. your name is like, yeah, it's mentioned in rooms. It's mentioned in rooms as a as a as a good thing, not as a bad thing. Sometimes your name is mentioned, and they'll be like, this guy is shit. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> By your name, mm-hmm. like if I mention Kashif Booth, people are gonna know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And people are gonna know there's quality attached to that name. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I've seen your stuff and it all looks good. And I even I think I indirected you as well on Twitter when I seen one of your trailers. Because I was like, how do people in London get all of these good cameras, man? That stuff is good. <laughs> I just don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was indirecting you, bro. I was like, yeah, his stuff, his stuff looks legit, man. It's got that like UK version of Insecure and you know the, them type of shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it's a lot in it. It's like, yo, is the UK is, is the UK even ready for those yeah. type of shows? In it because they haven't they've never been done before here. You know what I mean? So it's 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 a difficult. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's difficult decisions, man. It's difficult decisions yeah. and difficult uh, steps. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But it's also like for me. What I'm also doing by taking a step back is like, like you said before, people are doing the same thing for 50, 60 years. I don't want to keep doing the same thing and I'm not seeing any growth. So it's like I'm, I don't feel comfortable like um, applying for schemes or anything like that because I never get them. I never get any of those stuff. The stuff was supposed to like give you a leg up in the industry. They always reject me. So it's like, OK, well, mm. that doesn't work. And then I'm now thinking, okay, so what do I need to do? I know that I can produce anything. I'm a producer. I've worked everywhere. Like I've worked in so many platforms across all the media industry. So that's easy for me to do. But essentially, I don't want to just do logistics. I'm a creative. I want to write. So I need to kind of find inspiration and, you know, really get inspired by my environment and write again you know so that I that could get me in certain rooms or take my career where I want it to go in that type of and I think I think as well for people like you me like Dwayne as well is that we're not like young enough or or small enough to be applying to because even people sometimes people go to me like oh just there's these production trainee roles going and I'm like, but I'm I'm working on creating a buzz around my name for me to then go for, uh, like like a PA position where they'll probably get someone fresh from college or fresh from uni who's like 21 or whatnot. So we're in that awkward position where we kind of mm-hmm. pass that point, mm-hmm. but then we're not big enough yet to to like get funding for TV shows. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we're in that we we we're like in that awkward position of like. You know which which world do we belong in, really? Um, but then you see and, people get it; those type of stuff, like not even like the PA stuff, but like you know, like funding or some type type of mentorship scheme and stuff. And then they connect with the right person, and then boom, their doors yeah. 
And it's just like, because I feel like in the last post George Floyd and stuff like that, you know, they've really kind of just pushed more for stuff to be out there. And it's just like, okay, so how do I get in? Because now, but then it's like, everyone's applying for the same thing. So then it, then again. Yeah. With me as well, it's like, I'll admit, man, I'm a hater, man. Yeah. I'm a hater. <laughs> I know you're not supposed to say this. I know, I know you're not supposed to say this. I'm a hater. Whenever they announce like who got what, I was like, nah, you, you don't deserve this. <laughs> um, <laughs> but as you said, I think there's there's this whole push, and uh, this is why I always tell my uh, like my, my creative friends, it's like we as black creatives, we've got like two three years. Yeah, we've got two three years before this gets boring and they they jump on another trend. You know, it's all black filmmakers, black stories matter. This that it's not gonna matter in five years. Trust me. Yeah. Like we we either jump in now or we we're left mm-hmm. yeah. or we're left because there's trends in it. You look at the nineties; they were they were talking about different stuff. Early two thousands, different stuff. This this period is about like diversity, inclusion. Mm-hmm. That's gonna end. That's gonna end sooner or later. Once that ends, the truth is, most of us will not be able to get into the doors mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because like I've been part of momentum, right? Mm-hmm. Momentum with uh, Channel Four and uh, We Are Parable. What's that? That's a that's a black lad. Yes. initiative for black creatives mm-hmm. the year before that i was uh puff back in which is like a birmingham like version of that with the backed by the b5 backed by bbc again uh black creatives this that you know what i mean mm-hmm. when these things end where does that leave us yeah. you know what i mean so yeah. it's trying to pass that it's, it's trying to cross that bridge exactly. before before that bridge gets pulled up on us or destroyed you know what i mean yeah. and, and it's very very difficult and i think a lot of these schemes like the thing is, I can't, I can't get too specific because I'll get cancelled. You know what I mean? That's the, the industry is watching. The industry yeah, yeah, is yeah, always yeah. watching. I industry. Have, like, the unpopular opinions too about certain platforms, and I'm just like, hmm, interesting. Especially when you see who gets selected, and I'm like, you got selected after your. I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> so, honestly, yeah. Honestly, like there's one that. I got in, I got interviewed, I didn't get selected. Mm-hmm. I found out why I didn't get selected. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, I, I heard it, yeah, from someone that works there. And I, I was so shocked that I was like, wow. Like I heard about these kind of cases before, mm-hmm. but I was just like, wow, that's, that's really how the industry works. That's crazy. Wow. Like that's mm-hmm. actually crazy. Wow. But I think as well with a lot of these schemes, because a lot of people go on these schemes and they don't really get anything out of it mm-hmm. and they get, disillusioned with with how things are running but for me i already go into a scheme if i get it i go into it not thinking oh this is gonna because a lot of people think oh you just apply you get selected and now you're going to be on top boy next season it doesn't work like that it does not work like that Mm -hmm. you need to basically take these opportunities and stamp it on your cv and that will open more doors for you you know what i mean like with the we are parable people yeah they hooked me up with the ITV development editor for comedy and drama. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Am I am I working for ITV now? No, but mm-hmm. having that on my CV has opened doors for me. Great. Like I apply for anything now, and I say, "Yo, I'm getting mentored by the ITV de- development editor," yeah, yeah. and everyone's like, "Okay, yeah." They they reply to my emails. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. I swear that's that's how it works. Yeah. It's having these brands next to your name will take you to that next level and then when you do that thing on the next stage you take that with you and you go you know what i mean like it's 
Of course. But I think a lot of people, because they, they, they're kind of green about it, they think, oh, well, I'm part of this now, so why am I not getting checks? Why, why am I not getting this? Why am I not getting that? And when you look at like the biggest names out there, they're hustlers, man. None of them were like, you know, rich kids that just got things. You know what I mean? They had to hustle for it. Like Martin Scorsese, mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan. Like these, these are white people I'm talking about. I'm not even talking about like Ryan Coogler and, and, and even Rapman. You know, that, them guys had to do their own thing. But I'm talking about white people, <laughs> middle class. <laughs> yeah. Middle class yeah. white people mm-hmm. had to struggle. Mm-hmm to get to the positions they had to get in, you know what I mean? So for us, it's going to be that same journey, but it's going to be tougher and it's going to be harder. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, man. So would you also say that some of the hindrance is because you're in Birmingham? I mean, you've been able to make a name for yourself not moving to London. Do you feel like you'd ever move to London to try and maybe further your career? Or are you going to stay mm-hmm. right in Birmingham? My brother... Staying in Birmingham is like staying in prison. You know, <laughs> people, people don't willingly stay in Birmingham. We stay here because at the moment, like we don't, it's not a safe option to just go to London and, and chase the dream. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but moving to London is definitely, or at least like having a, a, like a stronger base in London is definitely the way to go. Because I think to create a buzz for yourself in a city like Birmingham isn't difficult. Like you just need to release a short film and, you, and your film will be top five films from Birmingham because because <laughs> we, we only have a few filmmakers and you know you know what I mean like there's not that many people whereas in London that's the capital that's where everyone is like mm-hmm. yo you, Daniel Kaluuya is in in London all the top boy directors are in London like you know that first time I seen you and. Mm-hmm. I've seen you, I've seen um, Matthew from uh, Bound Cinema, I've seen, that's why I met him, that's why I met Kobe at Dome, that's why, you know, I was like, yo, all these people are just here. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that, because that was, uh, I was working with, um, I was working with Reggie Yates at the time, and it was a screening for, it wasn't a screening, but more so of a panel with him and and about their films, Pirates and Boxing Day. And I remember yeah. you came up to me, I was like, what? It was just like meeting your person like, the first time. <laughs> but that that to me, like for you, for you guys, that might be normal. But for me, that was so exciting. Like I was mm-hmm. like, yo, we've got these two directors out here. Mm-hmm. Some big lady from the B5 was there as well, but I only found out later, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kobe Adon was just there chilling with his friends. And me, when I see people a lot online and then I see them in real life, I'm just, I stare at them, you <laughs> same, same with you. Like, I just mm-hmm. looked at you like, I'm sure that's him. I'm sure that's him. But then you looked back at me and you kind of recognized me as well, I think. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, yeah, it is him. Because I don't want to, I don't want to approach some random stranger and be like, hey, are you my, are you my Twitter friend? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And we didn't even get to chat properly because I remember like, I was like, wait, it's you. And I was like, it's yeah. good to meet you. And then I had to run off somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to catch the train, bro. I had to, oh, I had yes. to go home. <laughs> I can imagine. I don't want to get stuck. But yeah, I seen you there. I seen Kobe at Dom as well. A big fan of his work as well. I seen like haircut. Like to me, when people ask me what's 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 the best short film that you've seen, like I say, haircut man. Like I think that's the that is brilliant. I've seen that. That's brilliant. That's what took that, up his career. So that took up his career, but to to me, that's like yo, what's the best short film? Because I feel like a lot of short films are very like, mm. <clears throat> are very like pretentious in it. Mm. Like, no offense mm. to 
the damn man in it. But they win BAFTAs and they win Oscars, but I watch it, I'm like, this is pretentious, man. They're just a bunch of people dancing saying racism is bad. Okay, yeah, that's not a problem. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I like. Like, why is this? What am I watching? Mm-hmm. But I watched Haircut, and I watched his film before that as well, um, House Girl, okay, which that. he made in which he made in Ghana. So I already I was already following him, and like I already knew of him. I watched Haircut, and I was, when I watched Haircut, I was like, if this guy doesn't get supported after this, I'm gonna retire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, there's no chance for me with Marta on MYM. Like, if his film doesn't take in place i'm just gonna quit and i'm just gonna be you know i'm just gonna sell drugs i'm not gonna lie like that's my backup plan (laughs) (laughs) if i don't make it that's it i'm on the streets but yeah i seen him as well and you know for me it's like when i see people i'm like i I cannot go back to birmingham empty-handed you know what i mean so anyone i see i have to like he was talking with his friends as well and i'm i was like i'm gonna make this awkward for all of them watch <laughs> so i just got closer and closer and then i just i, I saw i just stood in the middle of them and i just started talking to him while they were mid-conversation <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do you gotta do what you gotta do so mm. i get it i get it yeah but you see th- those kind of things we don't get in birmingham okay mm-hmm. we don't we don't get those kind of like networking events the networking events here i just i roll up and all my friends are there like all the, you know, all the locals, all the people I already know are there. Like, the, the, but that's not a network, and that's just like a reunion, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone in Birmingham, they kind of made it. They made it outside of the city. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and then they might come back later mm-hmm. to work in the city again, if that makes sense. Uh, but no, I would not stay here because mm. if you're asking me who's the, like the top filmmakers in Liverpool, I wouldn't be able to tell you one person. No. No. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who's in Liverpool? Who, who's in Manchester? Who's in Glasgow? You can't mention names from any of those cities. Yeah. Yeah. Who's in London? The whole industry. Mm-hmm. All the names, all the actors, all the producers, all the directors. Mm-hmm. So for me, like England's like a wasteland with London being the city to be at. But then people in London are like, no, London is dead. You need to go to LA. You know what I mean? So it's always, <laughs> yeah, it's always better. It's always better somewhere else, you know? <laughs> yeah. But you know, I was, um, I hosted a panel a few weeks ago with like the wall of entertainment and a bunch of dope filmmakers. And I asked that question about, you know, we're always talking about America being the place to go for, you know, active musicians. But when you think about people behind the scenes, like, you know, we're not really going out there, you know, so is it worth doing it? And they were just like, no, not really. They'd rather build what we've got here, you know, to build up to where we can be like America as well. So it's like, my dream was also, yeah, move to America. That's where my, you know, career can take me. But then you'd have to make American stuff, you know, unless you want to make American films, then cool. But I'm Black British. I want to tell my stories. You know what I mean? I'm from London. You're from Birmingham. I know you want to tell Black British um, stories outside of just London as well so that's something I also think about as well and I do through like scuttlebutt and you know, rumors and not even just rumors but like loads of conversations you have with writers and other people in the rooms like there's a lot happening a lot happening like Dreaming Whilst Black you know you've got um, Rapper Man Show on Netflix so a lot's changing within the industry but for me Crazy. it's like we have loads of people at the same time <clears throat> getting pilots and everyone's getting commissioned to write this and that and you know if you know in this industry it's going to take two three years for that to see the light of day anyway <laughs> so yeah. it's like I'm excited for where the industry is but I need it to follow through I'm gonna need it to be like okay 
we're actually going to be greenlit and it stay for a while not two three years or maybe just two seasons and then it disappears again you know we've got um Richard i need yeah i think i think i think oh. yeah riches riches as well is that what, is that what you're gonna gonna be with amazon prime so to me amazon it makes prime. me feel a little bit more comfortable that okay that's gonna be around for a while if because if it flops on itv and it was only going to be an itv right they ain't coming back do you get what i'm saying so it's i think uh, there's a lot of where some people and when i say some people i mean me mm. Feel like there's a lot of people that got maybe set up to fail in a way. Okay. Um, because they will they will support it, I believe. Uh-huh. But then they'll they'll do weird things. That, um, uh-huh. so for example, like a channel might commission, they'll be like, we we're, we're championing, uh, like black filmmakers and whatnot. They give them some money to make a short film, and then they're like, oh, we might develop it further. You know, if the pilot does well, we might develop it further. They put the pilot on. Yeah. Eleven. Yes. 45. I knew he's gonna say this. <laughs> Eleven forty-five on a Sunday. PM, not AM. Yeah, PM. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, if, if it gets a lot of views, then yeah, we're gonna we're gonna develop it into a proper show. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but who who's who's just watching TV at that time, and they just show it once, and you know, so I'm I'm like, you're supporting, yeah, definitely, because you know, without that money, without the production, it wouldn't even be on there, you know. So we we appreciate that, but. Don't don't make it in a way that it's going to be almost impossible to mm-hmm. to to go through with it. So when Dreaming Was Black, what uh, Salman Ajani did, mm-hmm. he amazing. Like um, like obviously I joked earlier that like oh, I'm a hater when I see people get stuff in it, yeah. but that that applies to people that I'm like like how did you like what is going on? Mm-hmm. But with him, I feel like he fully deserves it. I feel yeah. I feel like I'm so happy whenever he comes back on Instagram mm-hmm. and. He just, you know, he celebrates his successes and and stuff like that. And he's he's so he's so humble. Like he's one of the most humble people. Yeah. Uh, I know I know that because I DM him and he replies. You know, that's how I uh, that's how I judge humbleness. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? I know Johnny. I see him all the time at events, and we always chop yeah. it up. He's one of the people who are always saying to me, "When are you next? You're next. Like you need to come from like, bro. Like no one's commissioning." So he's he's one of those guys that if he if he likes you, if he vibes with you, yeah. he'll support you and he'll show that support. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of people would, a lot of people, and I don't even blame them, you know, because that's how the the business works. You know what I mean? They they've made it now. They don't need people anymore. They don't have to interact with that many people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what it is? They yeah, don't have yeah. to DM and, and they don't have to network and they don't have to do any of that. They can just do that. They they live their own life and they don't have to message anyone. You know what I mean? But he's one of those people that you know he's doing he's doing so well. Uh, and his producer as well on his on his latest short Andre Five Feet, yes, he's yeah. doing really well. You know, these are people I'm like I, I saw like three years ago mm-hmm. when everyone was kind of coming up. You know, what I mean, so it's 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 inspiring to see these people blow up because yo, I'm just be I be on Twitter and I just see a deadline article and I see just says like uh, yeah. uh, his face, I see his face and it's like eight twenty four commissioners. I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know when I seen that, I was like, "What eight twenty four, bro?" You know, you know what that means. Like, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's crazy. And even people like Rapman, mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like he he bro, he was doing his thing for ages. Yeah, like his music, his music stories and whatnot. And he blew up with Charo's stories. So mm-hmm. I feel like every success inspires me to be like, okay, that is a way. Yeah. That is a way to move forward. That is a way to you know, to get things done. Even even in, in, in my local scene, you know, we've got 
We've got T Visuals, who's a great friend of mine, who's doing amazing stuff as well. Yeah. Like if you if you follow me on, on socials, you'll see me like sharing his stuff and whatnot. Always banching with him. He's doing he's doing amazing stuff. He does he, he just doesn't share he doesn't share it. He doesn't tell people what it is. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, he's very secretive enough. But he's doing amazing stuff. Like you should get him on this as well if you can. Uh, you know Daniel Alexander, he made a fan film. Not a fan film. He made like a, a like a trailer of. Oh, no, no, not not Batman. It was uh, Gale's "Stay Away from Oz," so it was like an Oz trailer. Oh, he'd done a he done a horror spin on it, mm-hmm. where it's like based in modern times. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, every big publication company, or like the bloody disgusting, they mentioned his name. Mm-hmm. They spoke about him. They spoke about his film. And you know, th- these are amazing people that are just doing amazing stuff. You know what I mean? But I think it's just like. You know the industry needs to needs to catch on and say, look, these people are doing stuff on their own with yeah. no support. You know what I mean? So it's it's a it's an interesting journey. It's an interesting yeah. journey for everyone else, I guess. And that's why I'm saying, stay here. Yes, everyone's like America, America. I just think when it comes to being a musician and actor, I feel like yeah, I get why you want to go because the way how the industry moves out there is completely different. You know, but us who are directors and writers and we want to tell our stories we got to stay here we can't keep flying to america and trying to make what their stuff what caters to their audience you know and the way how the industry has changed in the past like what 10 years you know with streaming platforms and stuff like that it's just more room for us to really break through because top boy would never have got the success it got on it as a reboot you know because yeah. don't know it's a reboot you know so technically yeah. like five seasons you know with the upcoming final season coming out soon so that's what you yeah. gotta do. I'm, I'm not gonna lie like oh. i do i do want to i, I want to stay in the uk probably have a base in london but for me it's it's like a personal journey as well you know what i mean so if, if an american production comes yeah. through i will snake everyone I'm sorry. Yeah, I totally understand I'm, that. Listen, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, UK. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. No, I get it. No, I always say, look, I don't think I'd ever want to move to America, but hey, if someone wants yeah. to offer me a job or there's something to work on and I spend like six months of the year out there and I come back, yeah, I would do that. I would definitely do that because it makes logistically and, you know, career wise and career, career path, it makes sense. I think because I think it was Danny Boyle who said like the UK doesn't make good filmmakers. He said something along those lines mm. uh, recently, which I thought you know I thought it was, it's true and false at the same time. It's true because when we see all of these big names popping up in America, mm-hmm. like um, like Ari Aster, even people like Jordan Peele, mm-hmm. uh, people like uh, Ryan Coogler, mm-hmm. uh, the the guy who made Waves. I can't remember his name these great directors who, who are like visionaries we look at the uk we don't have that but we don't have that because the industry is not allowing to yeah. they're not funding like feature films they're not funding you know uh tv shows by these people basically what happens is that people like kobe adobe uh and even some they'll basically get hired yeah. to work on top boy go work on this mm-hmm. and then go work on that and then but then where are the uk visionaries well, well, no where, that's why there's no risk factor there's that's no the risk there's where's the uk people. spike lee like, yeah, yeah but there's no we they're here they're here they're here they're they're here, the people yeah. the money the commission nobody wants to um take the risk because they don't know how to market it they only know how to market certain demographics they only understand how to market our films to certain demographics and that's it if it because 
the, the the UK media has done such a good job of brainwashing the audience to make it feel like uh, race and certain aspects of black the black experience is only an American issue. So that's the problem. Yeah. But then when it yeah. comes to showing all the diverse stories that we want to tell in the UK, they don't get it. So they're not going to watch it, you know, and that's what it is. They don't get it. And then I think a lot of us shoot ourselves in the foot as well. Mm-hmm. When we, you know, we come up and we're like, oh, this is, it's a, it's a, it's a black British mm-hmm. uh, TV show. It's then studios. All they're going to hear is you just said black British, bro. Yeah. We're not black. Yeah. Like, why would we invest in this? Why, why would people watch this if they're not? Mm-hmm. No, like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Mm-hmm. Everyone watched that. Exactly. Bro, exactly. At home. Because I grew up, I grew up in the Netherlands as a kid. I, I used, to, I used to live in the Netherlands. People used to love it there. Yeah. My parents used to watch Arab TV, and it used to be in Arab countries as well with Arabic subtitles. A global phenomenon. Exactly, exactly. It was a black family, and the supporting supporting cast was black. The extras were black. Exactly, exactly. So, and it worked. It worked. So don't come and say it's not going to work because of X, Y, Z. Yeah. Like. Exactly, but even in the UK, because I don't, I don't want to just say it's a race issue. Because even like white-led films or whatnot, mm. there's no risk. There's no good. You're right. There's, there's like for me, I'm not even inspired by America. That's the crazy thing. Mm. I look at South Korea. Mm. Mm-hmm. I look at Old Boy, you know, Parasite, mm. Memories of Murder. Even mm. that TV shows mm. like the TV shows like Squid Game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what that that zombie film on, on the train. I watch these films and I'm like, that would never, ever, ever get made here. No, only as a remake ever. or a remake. You know, that's only, a, mm-hmm. only as a remake when they're like, oh, it's been successful, so now we're gonna we're gonna do the same thing as well. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you look at America, the majority of black filmmakers that came out received support from the previous generation, mm-hmm. which is what's lacking here in the UK. It's lacking in the UK, but then a lot of these names will complain about you no know, presentation, um, like representation, stuff like that. But if you look at Ryan Coogler, his first feature film had Forrest Whitaker mm-hmm. as like I think as one of the executive producers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this other guy, uh, I can't remember what, what film he made. He had like Spike Lee as one of his executive producers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? These big names that we've got in the UK need to also step up, and they need to, you know. Because even just being an executive producer, even it doesn't have to be money. Even if he just gives you your five pounds, bro, as long as he gives you his name, um, you can do amazing things. So that's, I think, that's what needs to happen now. Like people like Steve McQueen, he's doing amazing stuff. Steve McQueen now needs to I agree. mentor and bring out the black filmmakers that we've got. Just to spin back to Aura Moses as well. He's, he's doing like um, a new short film. But this brother, this brother has been smashing for a long time. Yeah, before he, he went to NTS. Yeah, before he went to like uh, I think it was London Film School. Uh, I think or anything. I'm not sure what I'm saying. But before that, he was smashing. He had uh, Letitia Wright from Black Panther. Yeah, she was saying like she was randomly mentioning him on a panel in front of people. Like, oh, it's our Moses man. The stuff he makes, it's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How is it possible that you know people see his work and people like are inspired by it, but then they don't. They don't they don't grab him and they're like, yo, let's let's make something with this guy. Let's let's support him. That's there's a lack of support, you know. So I f- hope that this generation, even you, me, Kobia, Dom, Samanajani, Rapman, all of these people that are like now entering the industry, taking over, 
that you know we we inspire and not just inspire because inspiration is doesn't mean anything. I can't pay bills with inspiration. Exactly. All collaboration. All collaboration. But, you know what I mean? Like you need you need to put these people on. Yeah. And give them away into the industry, and then they'll do their stuff, and then they'll take over. They'll do. You know what I mean? Um, but I think the UK is in a good place. I'm not gonna lie; it's in a good place at the moment. I see. I go on Instagram every week, and I hate it again. So I said, I'm a hater. I'm sorry. It gets to me. I, you know it's. You know, you know it's this podcast. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people come in that they're being fake and they're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm this and I'm that. Mm. I I, I want to give my true self. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people though, are going to be laughing and relating to what you're saying. <laughs> because because it's like yo. Every week I'm going online and someone else is posting another W, another win, another success. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting pissed off now. I'm like, yeah, that's enough. <laughs> well, you know what? I was just about to ask you what's next. You know, what's next for you? What's next? So what for me you? at the moment, I'm, um, yeah, so basically I'm writing a commissioned uh, short film at the moment. Oh, great. I can't, I can't speak too much about it. I can just mention the budget because budget always gets people, man. Short film, but it's 25K. Okay, nice, nice, nice. And I'm like, yo, I've never worked with 25k in that, so I'm I'm sweating. Okay, I'm sweating because if this film does bad, mm-hmm. that's it. I'm gonna retire. You'll but... be fine. You have a producer. It's your, someone like me who's a producer. It's my job to be able to fit to give you the realities of okay, what can fit into a 25k budget. So you just write. Yeah, yeah. That, the thing is, like, as as a writer, you always because you have no control mm-hmm. other than the script. You know, what I mean, so I don't know what they're gonna do. And I don't, I don't know how it's going to be received. Okay. Uh, but I know it's, I know it has that budget. I know they're going to shoot it next year. Nice. Um, and then there's some other stuff as well that uh, I've got. Like, but I don't, I don't, I don't think I can mention those unless I want to get sued. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, that's exciting. Even though you're a hater, I love to see the W's coming through. <laughs> so then I'll be hating on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my days, man. Yeah, but same with you, bro. Like, I know you're taking a little break. You said, which is, you know, take that break, bro. Yeah. Take. Take, like last week, I went to like Barcelona for like three days. Just clear your head, mm-hmm. like don't you know what I mean? Just yeah, just chill, yeah. experience some stuff. You know what I mean? Because you can't be you can't be a storyteller if you don't have stories of your own. You know what I mean? If you don't have exactly life experiences, if mm-hmm. you don't have that, mm-hmm. and the struggle is gonna be what builds character. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Exactly. Sometimes you know it builds character. Like I truly believe it builds character. But now I'm like, yo, I've got enough character. The successes need to come in. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's what I mean. So it's like me taking a break isn't me like, oh, I'm not going to make a film. I literally just did a project a few weeks ago, which was uh, via M&M's, right? Great project. Mm-hmm. Amazing. That's why I signed on to do it. Um, but yeah, I just need to write. I need to write. I need to focus on writing, not putting out content. I've done enough. I've made my name for myself. Now it's about... When people are saying my names are in rooms, they're inviting me into the room because you want to talk about my script. You know, yeah, that's yeah. that's where I'm trying to be. And that's what I need to kind of get into. So if I have to travel, go away for a retreat and just write, that's what I want to do. So I'm, I'm taking a break, but I'm changing the strategy of my career. And that's what it is. So, yeah. So where can people find you and your work so that people can check out the films that you have made that you do like? Yeah, um... If you, I'm not gonna lie. I might, I might delete everything. You know, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you know what it is because I've got, I've got budgets coming in mm-hmm. next year. Okay. I've got actual okay. budgeted like films that I'm gonna like. One I'm gonna um, write. There's another one that I'm gonna direct as well. Oh, nice. Which, 
it's gonna like it's gonna look good it's gonna you know what i mean oh, so i feel cool. like the, the old stuff uh-huh. it's like that's the old me that's that that's like the broke me you know okay. what i mean <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay okay but yeah if you just uh find me on instagram find me on youtube uh-huh. uh, just type in my name er you guys it should pop up uh-huh. um if it doesn't it's been deleted i'm sorry man you just have to wait for next year <laughs> okay fine fine well guys you know what to do just stay in contact with him and so that you can see his commission big budgeted work coming soon <laughs> yeah bro i appreciate you as well man. i appreciate oh, you uh, i appreciate you coming on yeah. the show it was great to just chat and get to know you more actually so it's our first like full long conversation, conversation. as well <laughs> yeah so thanks again guys for listening you can follow me all of my usual socials we're taking a mini break but i'll be back with season three which will be all about actors so stay tuned for new episodes coming soon